Welcome back to the Dropouts Podcast. I am joined by my great, great friend, JT. What's up, my friend? How are you? It's Florida Hate Week. It is Hate Week, my brother, and what a time to be alive right now. Looking forward to the uh, cocktail party this weekend and going to be there in full strength, Georgia decked out. And looks like to me that uh, the Florida fans are kind of dumping a little bit, man. They're the tickets tickets kind of went down and like you can get them for face value now so you know it's uh they're losing faith in their old mullet man it looks like yeah it is what it is man he's done this to himself and we've we've been telling him we've been telling you know we kept getting being told by florida fans oh you just it's you're just out blind hate for dan mullen in florida blah 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 blah. and it's like nah bro we, we've been telling you you just got some blind love for your team you're just not listening that's, to reason we've been telling you that's mullen, exactly right man Mullen ain't it, but we'll get into the game for a moment. As I hear you say right, you're going to be in Jacksonville. Yes, sir, buddy. Wide open. You're going to be in the game or are you just tailgating? No, I'm actually going to be in it. My plan was just to tailgate, and uh, some plans kind of changed a little bit. Uh, Some uh, folks that we were going to tailgate with Mm -hmm. uh, wasn't able to make it, so uh, it's just going to be me and the bride, man. We're going to be – we're going to be there decked out and, uh, you know, this will be her second game. So looking, uh, looking forward to that. And, uh, we've got seats right there by the band. I've never had seats by the band before. So going to be loud. A, yeah. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but you know, that's hey. going to be a good thing. You better get used to the fight song. Cause we're going to be scoring a lot of touchdowns. Am I right? Oh, you're right so. about that, bro. I hope so. You're right about that. I hope we come back with a W man. You know, it's, it's looking, uh, obviously Georgia's favored in this game uh you know we'll have to just see man this is one of those games it's a rivalry game right you can throw records out the window all that kind of stuff but we'll talk about why that's not always true uh especially this year is kind of you know the case of why it's not true but let's get the house deeping out the way guys we appreciate you tuning in naturally we really appreciate it it's your first time listening thank you so much for joining in uh we've been getting a bunch of uh so, you know, we've been recommended a couple times on Twitter. A couple really cool people have taken the time to when someone asked them, hey, what's a good college football podcast? They've been kind enough to support us and say, hey, check out the, pod- the Dropouts podcast. So much, much appreciation to you for the suggestion. Absolutely. And even more appreciation for listening. So if you like us, subscribe. Even if you don't like us, subscribe. Who cares? What do you? Does it cost you anything other than a little click, right? Subscribe yeah. so you see when we release new content. Uh, we're fun, guys. We're cool to hang out with, at least for an hour or so. Sometimes we're a little less than that. Uh, tonight should be a pretty brief show. We're not going to get into a lot. Obviously, George is coming off the bye week. I don't really care much of what happened in week eight. Uh, you know, We'll talk about a few things here and there. But uh, like us on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter, whatever it is. You know, we're, We engage a lot on Twitter. Um, again, with the Facebook. Yeah, we've... We've really engaged this week on some Twitter. We've even got some hate on Twitter this week. Oh, yeah, that's, that's normal. 
Yeah, that's normal. <laughs> and most of the hate comes from South Carolina fans and then Florida fans. And I know that sounds weird to say South Carolina fans. Why? What are they even talking about? Well, it's it's that's more of a personal thing. Uh, mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll we'll cross that bridge when when um, we need to. But right now, it's it's a very small section of South Carolina, a small group of South Carolina fans, I should say. So yeah, it's not overall because really, you guys aren't. <laughs> sound really terrible what I'm about to say. You guys aren't <laughs> relevant enough to really be. You know what I'm saying? A talking point. Let's just call it what it is right now. All right, man. Week. This is week nine. Isn't this insane? <sighs> this is insane. Oh, it's week nine. Where is it gone? It came. Bro, we're we're we are moving in the home stretch right now, man. Yeah, it felt like it took three years to get here, and it's moving by in a blink of an eye. Playoff, yep. the first round of playoff uh, rankings are are due after this week. We're gonna see more of the playoff picture coming and rounding out into focus. Uh, I fully expect Georgia to be in that conversation, among others, Alabama being another one. Uh, I don't see anybody really challenging Cincy. Uh, Oklahoma and Ohio State obviously going to be in the conversation. Uh, maybe even Clemson. <laughs> I kid. They're not in it. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know, man. It's, it's kind of interesting. I like the way the college football playoff is is taking shape this year, obviously, yeah. because Georgia uh, is, you know, the number one team in the country. So it stands to reason that they're going to have the number one spot in the college football playoff. I don't expect Bama not to be in it. I don't expect Cincinnati not to be in it. The question is, is who will be number four when that time comes? You know, is it going to be Ohio State? Is it going to be Oklahoma? Is Michigan in the conversation finally as a serious contender? You know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the coming weeks. Michigan better watch out this weekend, bud. Yeah, I agree with you. They're playing Michigan State rivalry game. I believe they're playing in Ann Arbor, though. So we, we, we'll we actually talk about or we'll make a pick for that game, um, you know, as we progress in the show. But uh, we'll get the Georgia-Florida closer to the end of the show. Let's talk about the SEC slate. Actually, let's back up. Let's talk about the Braves. We're not just a college football podcast, right? Right now, as we record on Thursday night, it's a travel day. We're traveling back home by we, I mean the Atlanta Braves. Game one was all Braves. We took one from them in Houston. Now, last night, didn't go the way we wanted it to go. Not even close. I texted you uh, about the game, JT. I said, I think the moment is just too big for Max Breed. I felt that way in the NLCS. I feel that way now. I, I just think, I think it was too big for him, man. It's not taken away from Max Breed. He's still a good pitcher. I just think it was too big it's, for him. Well, you know, I, I think – not just being too big, his, his whole, um, I guess, I guess you would call it as, you know, as a pitcher, um, rhythm technique and everything else. It just, it just seems to me that, um, everything has changed. It seems like until he got to the, I think it was the third or fourth inning last night. He kind of settled down. He seemed to settle down and looked like the Max Freed that we're used to seeing. But the problem is, by then, the damage was done. This is game two of the World exactly. Series. Exactly. Exactly. About this time, he'd have given up five runs. And you can make an argument that, yeah, we had some pretty, pretty, really weak defense, some Little League defense. 
it was just wasn't wow. a good game for the Braves. The bats were cold yeah. outside of the first inning. Uh, you know, we got off to a great start, but the bats went flat. Now you got to give Houston credit; pitching was on was on pace. But the pitcher, I can't even remember his. I can't say his name. I can see his face. His ERA coming into the game was like twenty seven. He, he he pitched. That was what it was. It literally was twenty seven. He was zero and one. He pitched yeah. one point two innings, and his ERA was twenty seven. So I when I saw that, I was thinking, all right. We're gonna we're gonna eat this guy up with this lineup. Mm-hmm. No man, he pitched around us, man, and yeah. he he just he pitched a brilliant game. Houston's bullpen was was nothing less than stellar, and they did their job. And then the run support they got from, you know, from Houston's offense was exactly what they needed. Uh, the good news is, Braves fans, for those of you, I can clearly tell those of you on Twitter, by the way, who just started watching the Braves. <laughs> It's easy to tell. Yeah, it is. And and maybe even baseball, professional baseball in general, because, guys, this is a seven-game series, right? You only got to win four. It's okay. It's extremely difficult. JT, I don't know what the numbers are, but how difficult is it to get a clean sweep in, in, in the World Series? It's, it's, it's hard. Yeah, I don't know this. I don't know the all the numbers and statistics to that. Um but it is absolutely tough on, I, I, on any team. I'm trying to remember the last time it happened. I want to say it was the last time the Yankees, or maybe it was when Kansas City. Didn't Kansas City get a clean sweep? No, they went seven games. I think they went seven, yeah. I want to say the last time the Yankees were in the World Series, they went 4-0. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I'd have to check. But it, the point is, that's how often it doesn't happen. It's not something that happens, okay? I would love for the Braves to have won in four. I was, you know, doing the hashtag Braves in four. The good news is, me and you tested about this last night, JT. The next three in a row are all in Atlanta. Yep. It's going to be very and, difficult. And they're undefeated so far in the postseason at home. In Atlanta. We, so, win, these, we win these three. Guess what, folks? That's a wrap. That's it. That's it. Uh, so we're very hard to beat at home. The Braves are. Um, here's the here's the thing about it though, and this is, here's some perspective you got to have. The fact that the Braves went on the road, Game One, World Series, and took one from the Astros, that's not nothing. That's something. Oh yeah, and that's what we were talking about. We we at least at least wanted to get a split, and we did in Houston. Come, coming back home. 100%. And and looked great in the first game. Yes, we did. Come out, come out hot, swinging the bats. Um, and let me get your opinion on something. Snit, Snit changed the he changed the batting order a little bit uh, for game two last night. Yep. Um, put, took Rosario out of the five hole, put him back up into the uh, leadoff spot. Yep. Um, I, I'm not... I know Rosario's hot. He's got a hot bat. I really like you leave him, him where he's better. At. You leave him where he's in at. In a five hole. You leave him where he's at, man. And that's the thing. A lot of people who don't play baseball or who don't follow the sport and they get into it kind of more in depth, they're like, well, it doesn't matter where they hit. It absolutely matters. It absolutely matters. That's why Ronald Acuna, when he was the leadoff batter, he was he was smashing the ball. And you don't mess with that. If Rosario is hitting from the five hole, if he's on fire, he's getting fuego, as you like to say. Yeah. Why are we moving him? 
especially yeah. from the five hole to the leadoff spot. Really, I didn't like yeah. that. I, I was I, that was a head scratcher too. Yeah, I, I didn't either because you know when he's when he's in that when he's in that number that number uh, he was in the number one spot there for a few games and was hitting the ball hitting the ball well, um, mm-hmm. but it's just that there's just something about the five hole. He's just he's comfortable. He just though. fits. He just fits there, you know. Yeah. Um. And 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 the concern that I also have is, um, Peterson's not hitting. Uh, and what are we going to do now that we're going back to Atlanta? Are we going to put Solaire in that spot, or are we going to play Peterson? Yeah, well, because we can't right now. We can't you... have a can't have a DH. No, right so. now, yeah. If we're back home, the DH goes out, and the pitchers have to hit. Um, and Solaire's hitting. You, then you play Solaire. That's what I'm saying. You yeah. you can't look at this. I'm a John Peterson fan. I love the article he wrote. I yeah. I do, I, and I think he's enjoying his time. But I'm not a fan of, especially in sports. If it's working, like when I say working, like you're winning, mm-hmm. don't change it. Don't try to get all. Don't outthink yourself. Right. The whole this this all goes back to the whole Stetson Bennett, JT Daniels thing. Right, which we're going to address. But and I'm mm-hmm. not saying neither one of us are claiming to be smarter than a professional baseball team's manager. We're not. No. We're but just giving our opinions. I do think that you can outthink yourself a little bit. You can you can convince yourself that you know what this if this works, I'm going to look like a genius and convince yourself that this is going to work. So I'm going to put him in the one one spot, and I put somebody else in the five hole. And no, then when it doesn't work, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. You can't, I mean, you can outthink yourself as a manager sometimes. You really can. And I, lot, I totally, totally believe that. And in his defense, there's a lot to think about. This is postseason baseball. It's not just postseason baseball, guys. This is the world championship. We haven't been here in 22 yeah. years. So he's trying to make this count. He made a mistake. And you know what? I say that. We say that. Was that the difference in the game? No. Pitching was. Yeah. We did Pitching not. Pitching and, and errors. And errors. And we did not have run support. Key key errors. Yeah, but you're and, right. And and the and the the call up behind the plate did not help matters either. No. Some pitches. No. But uh you know, you're gonna you're gonna have that. Uh, I mean, yeah. I just I hope it's better. I know, I, I don't know, man. I just it, you can't have that though. You if you're the best you of the best players are represented here, the best of the best umpires, and I'm not saying they're gonna be perfect. They're not going to be. Yeah. But man, you got to have guys that can minimize mistakes. Especially. Just be consistent. Just be consistent. This you know, isn't that's, that's the thing. Yeah, this isn't game fifty-three in the regular season. This is the World Series. There is, you know what I mean. There is very little wiggle room if you start dropping games. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I, I the question you just asked is is to me, it's a no-brainer. Sorry, Jock. Hey, I appreciate it. You've been you were dynamite. In the NLCS, Solaire is hitting the ball. He's the one playing in the spot. He's got it. Yeah. And Peterson, I know Peterson's got a better glove, better, you know, defensively for sure. But, I mean, man, we we can't afford him, you know, people to be on base or something, you know, and Peterson no. come up and hit a pop fly every time or even even strike out. I mean, he's just he's just not hitting the ball right now. No, and he's because he's trying to put every single one of them to the bleachers. Yeah, he is. He's swinging he is. for the bleachers every single time. 
And but I tell just... you, I tell you what a good a good key was last night though, and what I, some positives that I took out of it was when Freed finally settled down, he did give he did give us at least six, so that saved our having to go into our bullpen right and and wear those guys out. And you know. So, uh, <laughs> That was a plus. And that's where Snicker probably shows where he's a better manager than I would have been. Because I'm going to be honest with you, Jay. If that was me and he just gave up five runs, I'm pulling him. He, you're done, bro. You are done. Yeah. Just postseason world championship baseball. You give up five but runs, you're toast. You think about think about some of those runs he give up. Though. I know. I know. Um, we should have been, been out of the inning. Yeah. Um, and the, that damn shift, Hunter. With you runners know, on scoring position, runners in scoring position, and you're going to shift on a hitter. And yeah, if you leave one side open, a good major league baseball player, like a major league ba- a hitter, yeah, I mean they're going to find a hole. Yeah, it was a good pitch. It was a good pitch, but he did exactly what he was trying to do. He pulled his hands in and hit it inside he out. Hit it right. He hit it right, right in. Side. He hit it right up, you know, opposite side of the shift. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I don't know what. Every year I played baseball, we never did the shift. Never. It was never. No. Maybe it was just the level we played. We just never did the shift. Statistics show that the shift works more times than not. But here's my thing. Do that during the regular season. Right. I, there's, there's to me, there's no. And maybe somebody who knows baseball better than my than me can. You can argue with me, and if you if you want to argue with me, fine. Put it on Twitter. Tell me why I'm wrong. I yeah. see no strategic advantage in doing this, and it proved last night this, there is no strategic advantage. There's just not. If you have a batter that hits into the shift, okay, cool. But I mean, what if he'd have done that anyway? What if he'd have and hit see, it to the, the shortstop anyway? And the thing about it is, is we we get the shift on us too. They shift on Freddie all the time, but for some reason, we can't we can't find a hole no. on the whole other side of the infield. Well, see, Freddie can. That's why Freddie's so dangerous because Freddie absolutely he, he'll hit the opposite side of the shift. Now, Albies, if they shift on Albies, every once in a while, yeah, Ozzy, uh, he's hitting into the shift. I mean, that's just you know, if he puts it on the ground, it's going into the shift. And my thing is, hey, dude, you got speed. How about bunt the ball every once in a while? That would you know what that that's actually a really good point. Yeah, if, keep them honest. If you keep were to honest. do that and hit it and bunt it to the opposite side of the shift, you have and you got speed, you have a chance to get a base. You really Absolutely. do. You really do. Absolutely. So we say all that to say this, Braves fans, stop panicking. We're only yeah, two panic. games. We're two games in. Game three starts tomorrow night. We're back in Atlanta. The crowd's going to be electric. Put money on it. Oh, it's going to be a crazy scene. Yep. Crazy. Braves in five. I'll say it now. I like it. Yep. So I let's like move it. on, man. Let's get into some football. Week nine, like we said, is here. Georgia coming off the bye week, entering into the world's largest outdoor cocktail party tomorrow night. They'll be the healthiest we have been all season. Yeah, man, we're gonna hammer down on that. But let's get some of this other stuff out the way. We got some decent games in the SEC coming up. Uh, lots of teams on bye week: LSU, Bama, Texas A&M, Tennessee. These guys are all on bye week, but that doesn't mean there's a shortage of good games. Missouri and Vanderbilt's gonna be a whoo. That's gonna be a burner. That's gonna yeah. be a good one. 
Guess who's favored in this game? And that would be Mizzou. And it's not that Mizzou's favored here. It's how much Mizzou is favored that kind of got me. They're favored by 16 and a half. What? Yeah, and they're in Nashville here. They got the over-under at 62 and a half. Mm. I I, I don't know. This is not something if, and listen, a couple things. I'm not a gambler. And if I was, I'm not a smart gambler. I don't study the numbers. I don't look at all this stuff. But I'll be honest with you, folks. I wouldn't touch this one with a thousand-foot pole. Yeah, you were me the one. If anything, I'm betting the money line. And then I'm taking Mizzou. But I have no idea what's going to happen in this game. It stands to reason that Missouri would win and undoubtedly cover. But who knows what's going to happen. That team has been so bipolar. I don't know. I don't know what to expect. <laughs> hey, the only thing that I can say about that is, is I mean, you got you know, Vandy. Vandy played Carolina tough. Um, actually, you know, had a chance to win that game. Yeah. Um, yeah. So maybe coming in with a little bit of momentum coming back home. They are in Nashville. I, you know. So who knows? Um, Mizzou's terrible. Yeah. Um, I just. 16, it just that kind of blows my mind a little bit. But Yeah, yeah, you know. it's just high to me. I, a touchdown, okay. 10, okay. But 16 and a half, eh, that's why I say I wouldn't touch this. I'd take the money line. And I'd take yeah. it straight up on Mizzou. But in, in the, to compound this, it's supposed to be rainy. So, you know what I mean? This is, I don't know what mm-hmm. to expect. I, I, 62 and a half is something that's a blows me. I would definitely take the under here if it was me. But it's not me because I don't pay. I don't gamble. Uh, this one's interesting and fun. Kentucky traveling to start Vegas take on Mississippi State. Kentucky's favored only by one point. Ooh. A single point. This is just just might as well call this a push. Again, not I wouldn't gamble on this one at all. Actually, I don't. Wow. Know, I probably would because I don't know. I don't know what to really make of this game. Um, Kentucky six and one, Mississippi State four and three. The over under on this is forty seven, so they're expecting a you know thirty four. Oh um, no, I'm sorry, they're like a twenty four twenty three game, something like that. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I could see that, I guess, but um, I don't know. I think it comes down to a field goal. I would take Kentucky to win this one, though. Yeah, that's what I was fixing to say. I mean, I I do like Kentucky in it uh, for sure. Um, one point, though, I mean, eh. Kind of an odd line, in my opinion. It is. It is. Very, very odd line. But I do like Kentucky in it. Yeah, I, I think the I, Wildcats. I, I will say that. And I, yeah. I think Wildcats, I'm going to say this, I think the Wildcats cover that one point spread. I think they get them by at least a few. Oh, yeah. Ball. You know, so that's what happens. Here's another fun one. This one's going to be really fun. I'm I'm really going to tune into this one. This is on ESPN. This one's at 7 p.m. I can't wait. This is Ole Miss traveling to the Plains to take on the Auburn Tigers. Ole Miss is favored by three. No, I'm sorry. Wait a minute. Time out. I read that wrong. Auburn is favored by three. Ah. And I also read it wrong a moment ago, Jay. Mississippi State is favored by one. Ah. Yeah, I don't know. I misread that. My notes in the... Computer screen don't match, so. Interesting. Yeah, Auburn is favored in this game. Overall, Ole Miss. 
I don't know. Ah, man. I mean. I think Ole Miss wins. I'm sorry. Has anyone stopped Matt Corral this this season? Well, Bama. Besides Bama? No. But he still had a pretty good game against Bama. He did. He had a pretty good game against Bama. And they've had a week. I think they had a, are they coming off a bye week here? Did they play last week? Uh, they did play last week. They played, old, they did they play played last LSU week. last week. So they're not coming yep. off a bye week. Uh, I look for Matt Corral to have a pretty big game. This is going to be, you know, Bo Nix versus Matt Corral. Essentially, that's a storyline. Both of these guys scramble. I just think Matt Corral's a better quarterback. Uh, Lane Kiffin's a better play caller than, and has a better play caller and, and, and let Jeff Levy than Brian Harson does and Mike Bobo. I just think Ole Miss has better weapons overall. Yeah, and they've got number two. That's like you know what Kiffin always says: as long as they got number two, they'll be, yeah, be doing good. <laughs> the the only thing that Auburn really has going for them here is is Bonex is playing with a little bit of confidence, and they mm-hmm. are at home. But I, I just, I don't know, man. I think Ole Miss takes this one, and I, and I believe they cover that three point spread. Yeah, this is a big game for huge game for Auburn. You know, as it far is. as the West, as far as the West race goes, it is. Yeah, it really um, is. So if they, I mean, if they flub up, you know, a little bit, then it's uh, it's not looking not looking too good for them. No, but I, I, I and you know, Auburn may pull this out, but Ole Miss to me is going to be tough to beat. Yeah, uh, I agree. I, I, think they, I think they have too much juice for Auburn, and they end up running away with it. So, all right. Let's get to it, man. Well, you know what? There's some other games that's out of conference here. Penn State, Ohio State. Uh, I don't think this was going to be close. Ohio State's favored by like 18 and a half. I think Ohio State absolutely just blows the doors off Penn State. I don't think it's close at all. Yeah. Yep. What's the uh, what's the spread on it? 18 and a half in favor of Ohio State. 18 in the hook. And I could see Ohio State covering this. I really can't. Yeah. Yep. They're they're playing uh, for some reason. For some reason, it, call me crazy. Um, they can be closer than that. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe a ten point game. Um, I think Michigan. I think Michigan. Or sorry, I think Ohio State will win the game. Um, but I think it's going to be closer than than eighteen. I really do. I haven't checked to see if Sean Clifford is is back from injury for Penn State, but I just don't. Even if he is, I don't think it matters. I think Ohio State wins this. I think they win pretty yeah. big. Yeah. Uh, here's another interesting one: Notre Dame hosting North Carolina, or North Carolina got a lot of preseason love for them. They feel kind of flat. They're sitting at four or three right now. Notre Dame six and one. Uh, Notre Dame favored by three and a hook here. I, I don't think North Carolina is going to win this one. Uh, but I think that that line's pretty good. I actually take that. I think, yeah. I think it'll be a close game. Yeah, I think that I think it's pretty spot on with that. Um, Carolina, yeah, you're. I mean, you're right. Coming in, coming out, uh, coming in the season, they had a lot of hype. Yeah, a lot of hype. And it just, Mike Brown just hadn't hadn't found that magic this this season. Um, no. but uh, their defense is not great. It is not great, uh, and yeah, and their offense really isn't either. To be honest with you, 
Um, but yeah, I, I, I think, I think the Domers, as much as I hate them, as much as I hate to say it, I think they're going to, I think they'll win this one. Yeah, I think so too. But the good thing about Notre Dame is they're not even really sniffing the playoffs this year. They're just like, all right, we're just, we're, we're, we're over you guys. We yeah. sincerely are. You guys are just terrible. We talked about this one earlier, and I was wrong. Man, I'm way off today. Man, I'm off tonight. Michigan and Michigan State. This is not in Ann Arbor. This is actually. East Lansing. Yes, this is at Michigan yes. State. Michigan favored only by four. This is a battle of the undefeateds here. Michigan, both teams are at 7-0. and oh. This yeah, right here can play for. But yeah, this should, this should be for control of the Big Ten. Guys, I mean, you know, Ohio State, mind you, still has a loss. Okay, Penn State also has a loss. Uh, so actually, have two losses. This this is interesting. This is the Big Ten's getting more and more interesting. As interesting as the Big Ten can be, mm-hmm. I don't think. I hope this and this is also a top ten matchup. Michigan at number six, Michigan State at number eight. I don't think. I don't think Michigan's going to walk in here and just take this one. No, it's not. It's going to be a battle. Yeah. It, uh like like we talked, I think last week uh, we were talking about you know Mel Tucker and what he's done with Michigan State. Um, I, and I mean, what why what's not to say it's not going to continue? You know, this weekend. My uh, heart wants to pick Mel Tucker and his Spartans. I, I sincerely want to, but my head is telling me. I think Michigan is just going to be too much for him at the end. I do believe it'll be close. It'll probably yeah. come down to a last. Minute field goal, a last minute touchdown. This may even go into overtime, but this is going to be an entertaining game. Here's what I don't understand, though: it's a noon kickoff. A top I mean, ten matchup, another top a, ten matchup, a noon kickoff. Both are undefeated. It's not like one of them sitting at four and three right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know I mean this, and this again, this is for this is for being really competitive in the Big Ten. So I don't know. It's kind of confusing. I'm gonna. I hope I get to watch that game. That'll be a fun one to watch. As fun as watching two teams from Michigan can be. Yeah, I mean it's kind of like you know us in Arkansas. You know our top ten matchup. Yeah. Kicking off, kicking off at noon. So, but uh, I mean, yeah, Michigan, Michigan's uh, having an unbelievable season. It looks yeah. like Jim Harbaugh is kind of, kind of, kind of righted the ship a little bit there. Took him um, long enough. Yeah, at least got the boosters back on the side, maybe. Yeah. Um, but I like Sparty in this, man. I really do. All right. I like. Uh, I'm. I'm. I'm gonna take. I'm. I'm gonna take the uh, Spartans. I don't hate it, man. I can tell you, my heart wants me to go with Mel Tucker. You know what I mean? But my head is telling me Michigan is gonna is gonna be I the think, better. I think Tucker's gonna have them ready to play, man. I really do. I hope so. I sincerely hope Michigan State wins, but we'll, we'll see what happens. All right, man. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. World's largest outdoor cocktail party, the Battle of Jacksonville, whatever they what did they call it like years ago? Was that what they called it? The Battle of the Bridge or something stupid when they were trying to get away from the whole world's largest outdoor cocktail party? It was stupid, whatever it was. The the river 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 something showdown or something like that. Yeah, that river, no, Riverside it, yeah. Riverside showdown. They tried to promote it, and people were like, "Nah, that's not what we're calling it. That's not what it is." Yeah, yeah. So that's not what it is at all. Uh, before we do, before we get into the actual game, I want to ask a question. We've talked about this before, all right? There's been a lot of talk since Kirby came into the head coach position of Jordan. He is not a fan of this game being in Jacksonville. Yeah. 
He doesn't think it's a neutral site. I agree with him. It's not. It's not a neutral site. Uh, as far as di- as far as geography goes, it's just not. But whatever. How do you feel about this, man? Do you think that this needs to go to a home and home series? Um, that is a that is a tough one, Hunter. It really is. Yeah. Love, I love going to Jacksonville. Love the atmosphere that it brings. Yep. Um, I mean, they call it just like you, you know, like we've talked about for years. You know, it's the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. And it really is. I mean, you've got people that come in, you know, Wednesday, Thursday. And oh, it's just, a party. Yeah. It's, it's been a party all week. It's St. Simon's, what they call the Golden Isles down here in South Georgia. My neck of the woods, our neck of the woods, Money JT, St. Simon's, Jekyll yep. Island, Fernandina, Amelia Island. All week, people have been there. Like, this is an yeah. event. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it brings, definitely brings revenue into uh, the state of Florida. Um, well, sure. And but, each school, uh, and I can't remember the numbers, but each school gets like a lot of money. If you if you pop it into a decade, I was like forty six. I may have the numbers wrong, guys. Forty six million over a decade for each school. That's a lot of cheese, man. Yeah, I mean it, it, they do. They each each school gets a ton of money for yeah. sure. Um, what I love, I mean, we've tried this before. You know the home and home thing. Um, back in the uh, Spurrier era with the Gators. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it didn't work out too well for us then. <laughs> different time, man. But I It got... is. It is a different time. Um, would I love to see this game in Athens, I mean, between the hedges? Absolutely. I mean, who who's, who wouldn't love a huge game like this? In the classic city, yeah, you know, and this being a primetime game, maybe under the lights, just and 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 the recruits coming in for this game, you know, it would, oh my gosh, it would add so much, so much. Um, and I, I like the, I, just, I love the uh, the thought of beating Florida in Sanford, but I like the thought even more of going to that horrible city, Gainesville, and beating them there at the Swamp. Yeah. I just, I don't know, man. It's it's, it's tough. It really is. Yeah. I, like I said, I enjoy, I enjoy the, the Jacksonville have for, you know, have for years. It's just, yeah. you know, I mean, we've got where we call it Jacksonville, Georgia. I mean, because we own it. So Well, well that, and there is a large... And it, it, you know, the opposite is also true of what I'm about to say. But there's a large population of people who live in Jacksonville, Florida, who are natives of the area, who are Georgia fans. No, there absolutely is. You know, but there's there also is. there's also quite a few people who live in South Georgia who are UF fans for whatever reason. So yeah, I mean, I, I can see pros and cons. I, I understand why Kirby, you know, wants it moved home, home and home. I, I get that. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. Um. I, I've seen a lot of talk on Twitter about it, you know, with different fans and, you know, and, and the majority from what I have seen uh, wants to keep it like it is. I do think most people want to keep it in Jacksonville. Yeah. And it depends on when you ask me, JT, what I'm going to answer you. Yeah. Because I also, as much as I love tradition, I get it. That game has been there. 
You know, that's but that's one of those staples. And it's not even just for Georgia fans and Florida fans, guys. This is a national brand game. This is a game that people who don't even care nothing about these teams, they watch it. Mm-hmm. Right? They tune in because this is a significant game. It's a bitter, bitter, bitter rivalry. All right. So I think I think one of the reporters even asked Kirby about it. You know him being from Bainbridge and you know being so close to uh, yeah, that was from a couple uh, years ago. Yeah, yeah, from to Florida, and uh, was he ever a Florida fan? (laughs) The simple answer was no. No. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's it's bitter. There's no doubt about it. He clearly that reporter clearly doesn't know what hashtag FTMF stands for. No, he does not. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know, man. Like, here's here's my answer right now. Because I told y'all at the beginning of the season that I'm going to trust Kirby, and I've been doing that. I have yeah. lived up to my word. Do I still get nervous? Hundred percent. Absolutely. But I'm not. I'm not <laughs> calling Kirby to the carpet because there's a reason why he is where he is. He's not just a coach of a any old Power Five team. This is an elite blue blood. Right, and if his opinion is this game no longer needs to be in Jacksonville, that needs to be a home and home series. That's good enough for me. I'll support what he has to say about it. If he thinks that is what's best for our, for the Georgia Bulldog football program, if he sees that, I'm all in. Cool, whatever. I well, trust Kirby. Yeah, you know, I, th- I think a I think a big thing with Kirby wanting to get moved to Athens. It's I recruiting. Think a big thing. part of it is recruiting. Hundred percent. And you know what? Cool. And that is that is where that is where we are winning right now. Yes. And and it is the reason why we're winning not only in recruiting stats, but we're winning on the field because of that recruiting. Yeah. And you know and uh it's recruiting that we me and you talked about this. Kirby was not interested and is still not interested in building short-term success. In other words, a flash-in-the-pan season a la 2019 LSU where mm-hmm. you you have this this success very quickly, but it was not sustainable because mm-hmm. the model you put in place was not practical to be long-term, right? Kirby, since he got there, has been building depth at all positions, quarterback, wide receiver, running back, everything, everything. He's building depth for long-term success. I'm not saying he's like the next Nick Saban or anything. That's not what I'm saying at all. But that's exactly what Nick Saban does. He builds depth. He's building the program to have long-term success. So what you just said, JT, is a 1,000% true. Recruiting, we're winning there. And that, the fact that we're winning in recruiting, is helping us win on the field. It's producing a top-notch elite product that we're putting on the field week in and week out. And he's learning, and Kirby's getting better. That's why it's that whole, and I keep hearing this, well, I tell you, if Georgia, if they don't win it this year, I, they never will. Why? And that's the question I ask to anyone that asks me that says that. Why? Why do you mm-hmm. say that? What makes you say that? Are we just going to stop playing football? We just, all the good players we got are just saying, oh, well, that was it. All the coaching, well, well, we just missed our window. Get out of here. What makes people say that? JT, help me out because I, I don't understand uh, it. Well, it's, I mean, it's the same thing. Everybody's in an uproar about, um, you know, our big dog, David Pollock, picking, picking Bama to win the SEC championship. 
But if they remember correctly, he picked them to win the SEC championship, but he picked the dogs to beat them in the natty. Right. So why are people just bent out of shape about Pollock? Oh, he's a hater. He's a dog they, hater. They keep doing that, David Pollock. Look, he has a job to do, and he does a really good job of being neutral. He does. He does. Yeah, he absolutely does. And 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 to be quite honest with you, I'm I kind of, I'm I'm on his I'm on I'm on that train. I, they, they may beat us in the SEC championship. They might. But when we get but when we get to the Natty, but I'm tell you, they, it's, it's not going it's not going to be the same. Here's the deal: if we beat if Bama wins out, and when Georgia wins out, they're meeting in the SEC championship. They're meeting in Atlanta. All right. If Georgia beats Bama in the SEC championship, do they allow Bama to enter in to the college football playoff when you've got possibly an undefeated Oklahoma? A one-loss Ohio State has bid 10 champions. Then you got Oklahoma's bid 12 championships. Then you got Cincinnati. I'm going to be honest with you, Jay. I don't think Bama gets in this time if they lose if, in Atlanta. I will say this. If it's a close game, if it's a close loss to the number one team in the country, I say they do get in. I don't know, man. I, I don't. I don't. I don't see it. Not when you have other non-two loss teams. You know, Ohio you State still may at, have a look loss. Look at Oklahoma. Look at Oklahoma's struggle wins. No, I agree. But I unfortunately, I don't think that that's that. I don't think that should be taken into account for the you're playoff. Picking, you're picking the four best teams. Yeah, I agree with you. The best. And, and you put Bama, Bama still. You put Oklahoma and Bama on the field together. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think Bama wins. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. That's why I say the college football playoff this year is very interesting. It is. It 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 definitely because definitely is. It's not a foregone conclusion that Alabama is going to win out. I think they do. I don't really see anybody else challenging them. I think I actually made a comment that maybe Auburn beats them, but I I just don't see it. I I don't Uh, because Alabama has steadily gotten better. Uh, up until the Texas A&M game, which they were just, I don't know, uncharacteristic. Again, I think they felt they overlooked. Let's just be honest. They overlooked A&M. That's the only explanation I can give it. Yeah, they they uh, they definitely definitely played yeah. like garbage for but, sure. You know, if I have to choose, and I don't, I don't, I don't have to choose, but because we're not given the choice, but it's extremely hard to beat the same team twice. Very. Yes, especially We've when they're a, a team like Bama. So if the trade-off is, yeah, we lose the SEC championship, but we beat them in the Natty f- or even in a playoff, cool, I take it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm in because Georgia beats Oklahoma. Georgia will beat Ohio State. Georgia will beat Cincinnati. I, yep. I'm fully confident Georgia would beat Oregon. You know what I mean? I, Georgia would beat Michigan. That's just how I feel about it. All right, man. Let's get into this game. All right, so I told you I've been texting you all week. I got nervous about this game simply because on the face value, it's a rivalry game. That's just the way I feel about it. Okay, it's a rivalry mm-hmm. game. It, we always we go by the old adage, you know, you can throw the records out the window. Yeah. Right? But I don't think that that's the same way. I don't think that's the script that we're going to follow here in this one. I, th- this just feels different, you know, and we may be way wrong in our assessment of Florida, but I just don't feel like they are – I don't know. I feel like they've kind of – I don't want to say checked out, 
because I do feel like Florida's going to come in and play hard in this game, possibly. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody keeps saying, "Yeah, this is a this is a get up game for Florida." They're going to show up as if like this isn't a get up game for Georgia. Like Georgia's going to come in and try to sleepwalk through this. No, 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 that, that's not what's happening here. I, especially after what happened last year. Okay, so I'm saying all that to say, as nervous as I am about this game, I still have this confidence that while I do think Florida gets some chunk plays, they may even get a explosive. A touchdown off of an explosive play. I just don't think they match up with Georgia's personnel for 60 minutes. I just don't think they can do it. No, I I totally agree with you. I think it was saw a stat on Twitter today, and I, I believe it was Graham Coffey that put it out. Um, and he was putting it out if if Anthony Richardson starts the game, if he's the quarterback, um, when he is pressured. Yeah, he Graham, is three, yeah. three of eleven when pressured. Yep. With with three picks. Yes. Um, we're getting pressure on him. There's there's no doubt. I mean, we've gotten pressure on every single quarterback this yeah. season. So there's not going to be any any change, any difference there. Yeah. Um. So that being said, um. Brooks Austin also put something else out there and was talking about they have no dudes <laughs> on the outside. Yeah, they're not. On the they're outside. not very good vertically. Um, and right, they're just they're not. They're sincere. And 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 since they don't have any dudes, um, what does that leave them with? Not much. So. Well, Mullet Mullet's gonna have to get really creative, and I expect him to come out with all kind of trickeration. Yeah, there's a lot you of you know, and all this motion. kind of stuff. There's gonna be oh yeah, a lot of eye candy. Yeah, it's it's a gonna lot of be, window dressing. Yeah, yeah, ain't I don't, no doubt. I don't think they're gonna take shots down the field often. You're gonna see a lot of underneath throws for four yards, five yards. Uh, mm-hmm. Florida's bread and butter this year has been the run. You're not running the ball on Georgia, not consistently, not all game. You're not going to have a long duration extended drive running the ball. Yep. I, we don't we don't know who's starting for Florida. If it's Emory Jones, if it's Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson is a dynamic athlete, guys. He is, but by Mullen's own assessment and from listening to other Florida pundits saying, you know, he just doesn't know the playbook. There's a, there's there's a level of trust that they don't have in him to just throw him out there and, and depend on his athleticism. And he is athletic, and he's going to make some plays. He's going to make some throws. He's going to make some, he's going to extend some plays with his legs. But, man, he's going to be getting pressure that he's not had all season. Here's the thing about Georgia's pass rush. I, I saw a Florida fan say, Georgia's pass rush is average. Do you know why? Because they're not sending five. You don't have to. you got Devontae Wyatt, Jalen Carter, and Jordan Davis. And, and the guys like Trayvon Walker and Qu- you don't have to. Mm-hmm. There's st- and let me tell you, Florida's O line, they're suspect. All right, they've oh, not yeah. had this all season. They've not. So, when you have that, when you have guys like Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter and Devontae Wyatt busting through your O line, creating that pressure, eating up your lanes. You you've got other defensive you got other defense Nicobe Dean floating free Adam Henderson floating free Channing Tindall then you got you got your safeties 
you know what I mean? It's going to be very hard to move this ball. That's what, gonna, that's what I, yeah, that's what I've always said. I mean, even though they're they're going to get some run plays, yeah, they're going to get a big chunk pass play too. I know they will. Yeah, it's it's even though you can you can catch us off sometimes, we got so much speed to make up for those, yeah. you know, missed gap integrity plays. You know, um, it's just I mean. I don't really see what they can do. Well, like I said, they're going to get they're going to make plays. Dan Mullen is a say what we said we j- we joke about him all the time. He is a good play caller. He's a good play designer, but he just doesn't have the dudes. He doesn't. You know, we just we have NFL talent all on the defense from sideline to sideline, and you know what I mean. And and the dudes and the dudes that he is getting are. Drop him. They're, he's losing them. Lost their number one recruit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, yeah, the 2022 <laughs> class is, is, is dwindling by the day for, for Florida. but yeah. uh, And it's not over yet. So you, you're not going to have a lot of time to throw, whether it's Emory Jones or Anthony Richardson. The play-action pass is not going to be great. Okay, Again, they're going to make plays. They're going to have some drives where we're kind of like, oh, boy, they're moving the ball pretty good. But I just don't think they're going to be able to do this for 60 minutes. Georgia's – defense is not just how physical they are because they are physical. It's not just about how strong they are. They're also extremely brilliant when it comes to football IQ. Oh, yeah. From Nolan their Smith, instincts. their instincts. Yeah, their instincts are insane. They're very, very, and I know what, uh, Kirby can't develop. They're very well coached. Adam Anderson, Kobe Dean, Nolan Smith, Channing Tindall, all these boys are very well coached. They know what they're doing. Yes, they may get caught off guard. They may get caught out of position. But you know what? Just like in the Georgia-Kentucky game, that little screen pass they did on the edge. You got into Kobe one time. You didn't get him that second time. Mm-hmm. So you may get him once. You may even get him a second time. But you're not going to do it all game. You're not going to consistently find this team out of position. Dan, I think it was uh, Saturday down south, Connor O'Gara and his – Coach Will said that Dan Mullen's offenses, it's not always that they're so dynamic and from a play-calling standpoint as much as they just test your your defense's football IQ. Well, yeah, you're going up against a very smart Georgia defense, a very well-coached, very disciplined Georgia defense. Now the opposite here, can we score points? What you said earlier is very exciting and it should be news to your to Georgia fans' ears. This is the healthiest the team has been all season. Yep. To include week one. This is it. We got weapons coming back from all I can tell. Jermaine Burton. You know, Darnell Washington is at full strength. JT Daniels. We don't know if it's JT or Stetson going to start on the center. I still feel like you stay with Stetson mm-hmm. until he just can't do it anymore. We've, we've made that very – that's our stance. We've made that clear. That's nothing against JT. I expect we'll see both. We'll have to see what happens. Uh, who else we got coming back? Kenny McIntosh is healthy. Yep. Aaron Smith. Arian Smith, yeah, we, we've got some. We've got some guys coming back. This is the healthiest our offense and team has been all year. This is exciting news. Do I think we score points? Yes, I do. I think we'll see long, methodical drives. I don't. Todd Monk is not a guy that that strikes me as type. Let's see what happens. Let's see how this works. No, I guarantee he's grinding the tape. He knows what's going to work in what situation. He's looked at every angle from Todd Grantham. If Todd Grantham is doing third Grantham, 
It's going to be a long day for the Gators. Long day. If he's blitzing like the house on third down, like he has a history of doing, that's going to be a long day for for Gators. <laughs> and I was I'll throw this in there too, add this little tidbit. Yeah. Um, if you remember last year, um, our big guy JD wasn't playing in this game. Nope, had an elbow injury. So, I think he's going to be ready. Yeah, more oh, than no ready. Doubt. No doubt. No doubt. We we missed a lot of players last year for this game. No excuse. No excuse. But that was last year. This is this year. This is a different team. Both teams are different. Um, yeah, I, this is going to be a fun game. Uh, I I do think, like I say, Florida has some success moving the ball, but I just don't think they have enough to sustain that success for sixty minutes. I think Georgia's just too much for them. And I obviously think Georgia wins. Uh, the 14-point spread, I think it was 14, 14 and a half, whatever it is, but I think 14 is where it's sitting now. I think Georgia covers. Absolutely. And I, and I think they win. Um, yep. CB is not with us tonight, but he gave us a score prediction. I'm going to give everybody his first. He said 38-13 in favor of the dogs. Um, I want yours, JT. What you think? What's your score prediction here? Are we giving our score prediction last week for this? <laughs> wasn't wasn't it like fifty two to nine or something like that? Then you say that? Oh no 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 no! It wasn't that bad. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. I want to say that it was pretty close to what what uh what CB said. Yeah, you may it may have been. Did you text he it or was it we talk about it? I think we talked about it. Oh, I think we took my score actually. Oh okay, well, that's all right. <laughs> Mine's not far off from from where he's at. I'm I'm sitting at thirty four twenty. I actually I'm I'm kind of being noncommittal because I've said anywhere from thirty eight seventeen thirty four twenty, somewhere in there. I think I actually said thirty eight to thirteen. That is what I said. Well, yeah, that's, and, and that's what CBs is. Yeah. His is 35-13. 35-13. You're right. Okay. So, yeah. JT's at 38-13. Yeah. CB's at 35-13. I'm sitting around, like I say, I'll commit to 34-20. to 20. I think, uh, and maybe I'm giving, I don't know. I don't know. That doesn't sound right, man. I don't, I don't think Florida stores 20. I don't. No. I don't think so. All right. So, I'm going to I'm gonna amend. I'm going to go 34-17. I'll do it. Because I think, I think at a certain point, when when we we have control of the game, because I think Georgia controls this game from from quarter one, uh, that we start having these slower methodical drives. We're gonna try to run the ball, you know what I mean? We, we'll air it out when we have to, we'll, and we'll still take shots. But I think we're gonna run the ball with Zamir White and James Cook, and of course Kenny McIntosh. But uh, yes, we are. We're I gonna th- we're gonna run the ball very successfully. Yeah, and I think we're going to have these longer these drives that take a little time off the clock. I think Kirby's looking to win, uh, but I here. But then again, you know, if we're clicking on all cylinders and we're it's and it's really easy for Stetson or JT or whoever's under center, and we're just scoring, Kirby's not going to let up. So if it ends up being like a fifty-two to nine or fifty-two to ten, whatever, you know, he's not going to stop. No, but I don't want him to. I I want to I want to drop the hammer on him. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, JT, man, I appreciate you joining in. Guys, that's our that's our episode for tonight. We're going to uh, enjoy the rest of the week and to partake in some Braves baseball tomorrow night, get our minds right for Saturday, 3.30 kickoff on CBS. JT will be in the stadium. Look for him. He'll be wearing red or black. 
So, yeah, <laughs> man, I'm, a, I'm jealous of you, man. I'll, I'll be looking for you on the tube. Be thinking of me. Take lots of pictures. Send me some snaps. Have you a good oh, time. Yeah. I hope you stay safe, man, you and your bride. So uh, let's sign off, man. Tell the people goodbye. Man, I'm looking forward to uh, getting crazy with uh, with Dog Nation Saturday um, yeah. and uh, taking down Mullet the Clown once again. And uh, as always, everybody, you know, live life to the fullest. Stay safe out there. And most of all, go dogs. 10-4, I hear that, buddy. Hey, thank you all for listening. We really appreciate it. It means a lot to us. We'll see you next time. Go dogs.